Hey, good people. Happy Wednesday. This is Jay-Z bringing you your dose of the midweek muscle. Happy Wednesday. Today, I think you're going to like it. We have a special guest joining us, and I think you will really uh, find his raw and real messaging a little different and unique to what we offer here at the Midweek Muscle. Um, He is my dear friend, um, and he is someone who I value his feedback and his input, and just he's just an all-around awesome person. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. This is a disclaimer for my listenership and viewership and every other ship there is out there that this one is a little explicit. So if you find yourself in a room full of people, which you shouldn't because we're still social distancing, right? Or if you have little ones around, this may not necessarily be the most appropriate for their ears. However, for you, it would be right on target. So if you feel like you want to be daring to listen in today, um, I value it. I welcome it. You know, I love you guys. Um, But just a little forewarning on the realness of today's episode. So without further ado, let's take it away. Good people, you know that I am always on the hunt to look for people that can bring us quality, that can bring us content, and that can bring us, you know, just a little bit of flavor, right? Because again, the midweek muscle, how do we challenge our head and our hearts to like get over the things that hold us back and hold us up? And so... I always believe in bringing a network of people that can not only help, but people that keep it real, like everybody doesn't have a silver platter in front of them working with, you know, all these resources in the world. And as a matter of fact, some of us had to build it from the, from like next to nothing. And so today I want to bring you guys somebody who actually met in college, Right. And do you guys know, I've, I've talked about it a couple episodes, time over time. I've talked about it, about how you're only seven degrees, uh, separated. You're only separated by seven people. Now, I don't know where that kind of came from. Everybody says Kevin Bacon, but I'm not sure. Uh, but seven degrees of separation. And so I have a, a colleague who I met in college, right? Met through friends of friends at first, but then actually have one-on-one experience in like classrooms where I've had to actually work with him. And so it started as like, yo, another group project that I don't want to bleep and do, right? It turned in from that into what I would like to consider a, a, a really good, wholesome friendship because turns out he went to school with some of uh, some of my near and dear friends that I grew up with when I was a kid. And so, <laughs> and, and we're worlds apart, right? So you're going to hear him in just a little bit because he's from the East Coast. So anyways, um, but not only do I consider him uh, my friend because we've 
we knew each other without knowing each other through the people we were connected to. But uh, he has walked me through some of the most vulnerable times that I've had as a growing adult. Like y'all heard me talk about how I've had moments where I would look at a bank account and look at 26 cents, right? He was a person helping me walk through that process. And I felt vulnerable because he knew that side of me that, you know, a lot of people don't get to see because quite frankly, we ain't talking about it. So he is, he is more than a friend. He is extraordinarily like, uh, just, just special, uh, because of what he's been able to walk me through. So financially, he's a financial consultant. He is a friend. He is a confidant. He is a mentor. He is just all of those wonderful things. And I wish you guys could see a smile because it's grand and it's golden. So my friend, my like ace in the bucket, like my, my boy, Mitchell Brown. Everybody give it up for Mitch. <laughs> incredible that was oh see look you're blushing that was probably the 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 grandest introduction i've ever received you deserve it uh thank you thank you very much thank you're you welcome yeah. yeah i mean i mean and, and like you did a really good job kind of encapsulating you know a little bit of everything right like like shout Cincinnati, everybody in hamilton county right that's that's what it is hamilton county <laughs> HC, we ain't doing too much over here. We all in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And listen, same, same here. I mean, that that type of introduction was worthy of a studio audience. I can't wait until outside, you know, like opens back up, so uh, uh, we could do that again. I'm glad that you recorded that. I'm gonna take notes and and put that on every bio that I have to fill out. I absolutely will. Listen, if you need somebody, I got you. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's what I'm, that's something I am good at. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, 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 for sure. And, and you, you, you did leave out the, the, you know, permanent nickname that I have for you as a result of this group project. You are forever group leader. I hold that, I hold that nickname close to my heart. Like, it's funny because when people meet me, it's kind of like they know it and they see it, but then they'll hear like you come in and be like, group leader, what up? And I'm like, oh. they're like, really? And it like draws a little yeah. tear in my eye. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what, what it was. And I mean, it, it was, you know, like, like even, and maybe that was like our earliest kind of like uh, earliest conversations that we would have where, where it would be you and I, but you know, you, you almost kind of saw it. It was your your like leadership style was very graceful, and uh, I I like appreciated it. And I was like, oh shit, why? Well, yeah, group leader, because you know those group projects suck. Nobody wants to do any work. But like you were like, hey, did you do your part? All right, hey, cool. So listen, as soon as you get that done, you send that to me, and I'm gonna send that over to her because she already sent me hers, and I'm gonna, and, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh word, no doubt. So it was like you almost felt shitty if you can I say shitty. <laughs> It's funny how that rubs uh, off on people, and I, I totally well, don't intend that, but I guess okay. it does happen. But, oh. but, like, you know, you, you kind of felt bad, like, like if you didn't hold up your end of the group because you didn't want to let down group leader, or at least I didn't want to let down group leader. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I remember it was like me, you, uh, Fresh, and uh, well, I don't even know who the other girl was in the group, but it was like, I just, we just had such a good time.
And I was just like, yeah. oh my gosh, like this is great. Yeah. And it was, man. but again, man. we're talking about people who I would be assigned a Gruton that wouldn't even show up sometimes. So it'd just be like the fact that you guys were showing up on the yard and we were talking through it and we were trying to work through our parts and still yeah. trying to party on the weekends. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was too, it's great. Don't party, in, in, party in, hard, in school kids. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, party responsibly. I was very irresponsible in my partying. Oh, uh, say no more. It's rough. <laughs> you lose focus and you stop remembering why you actually went away to school. So see, that was the situation for me. Uh, I think we were both transplant. Uh, you yeah. traveled to get to Morgan, had traveled to get to Morgan. It was very much of uh, a new experience for me. Like, Again, I, and I can't remember your story exactly, but it was, uh, I went from predominantly white, all girl, Catholic, private high school to <laughs> in the Midwest to East Coast. And again, turned down a lot of like full ride scholarships to universities all across the U.S., but turned all those down, dumb, for partial scholarship, East Coast, predominantly black, public, co-ed university. Talk about a culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, 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 like, why that choice? It could have almost ruined me. I love, like, <laughs> I loved going out there and I loved, like, I did college tours almost everywhere. And like, I mean, again, think about it, turn down like Lakeshore Drive, a view of Lakeshore Drive uh, to, I don't know, it was just, it was something about it. It was something about the air and the feel. And I had, I felt like I had been restricted for so long, like through high school, like I just wanted something different. And I just wanted to experience what that would be like. But I didn't know what I was quite get myself into because you know the summer months is quiet i mean it's it's just it's i don't know i don't know i don't know it just i felt it it was perfect but i would have never met you had i not made that choice so you know and we can be ruined in other ways right absolutely and i mean i mean i mean my setup was completely different um so um, I grew up in, in, you know, what would be considered inner city, quote unquote. Um, and my mom, she didn't really like that hood shit. Can I say that? Can I say shit? I'm going to say shit. Yeah, it's All right. you. All right. I'm um, not going to censor you. Okay, cool, cool. So so we moved um, to a suburb, right? Right outside of New Brunswick, New Jersey. So in high school, you know, group leader, we would go hang out at Morgan. Wow. Because our friends was that, and like from, you know, where I am in Jersey is maybe a two hour, two and a half hour trip, um, you know, like down 95 to get to Baltimore. And, um, you know, I was a bit of a knucklehead in, in, in high school, but I was a decent athlete. Hood, hood nice is what I call myself. Um, but, um, I was really good at football and, and I thought that I would play football in college. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting kicked off the football team three days before my senior year. Jeez. 
So that kind of put on my college play. Because again, I, I mean, even though people said that I was intelligent, well, not people said, even though I am intelligent, I, 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 I wasn't very studious. I didn't do any work because I didn't care. It's now so it's really time to figure out what, what yo, like what's next. Um, so I had an offer to play football at Stillman College in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Whoa. Um, like, now, because that? I was being recruited by West Virginia University, um, they were still kind of intrigued by me as a prospect. <laughs> and Morgan was just like, yo, come be a regular student. <laughs> and, uh, they taught us all that. Yo, just come down, be a regular student, yo. So I was like, shit, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I don't know about that. I'm like, uh, West Virginia, listen, I'll go do main campus in West Virginia, but I'm not going to be in some backwoods juco bullshit in West Virginia. Uh, Morgan, here I come. And uh, would you believe that none of the schools in Jersey um, accepted me? Wow. I didn't get into Rutgers. I didn't get into uh, college in New Jersey. I didn't. Because I didn't, uh, they could read your mentality through the uh, application. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, he ain't doing no work. <laughs> That's sort of interesting. So then it was Morgan. And so it's, it's sort of interesting how you end up. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think about this and I kind of go back and forth about it. Like, do you end up always where you're supposed to be? Or do you make the most of where you are? Um, because I think it's sort of interesting how people collide across paths. But at the end of the day, like how unique are each of our individual situations that it had to take that series of events to happen for you to be there my distinct set of situations to happen for me to end up there we have similar ways of which we they told me come be a regular student <laughs> they said we don't do all that extra stuff and trust me you could tell by the lines of montebello and all those other places i can't remember i'm traumatized a little bit <laughs> because it was so hard like think about it think about how hard it was to be a regular student there it was hard like i felt like quitting before i even got started like this is all ready too much but yet we somehow endured we somehow got our living situation right we somehow managed to find our groups of people and we somehow still managed to collide and and you know i believe that is in itself the the concept of college the concept of higher education not like job training or none of that crap that you know they sell on television but um you had to figure out how to get your stuff done, how to survive alone. Yeah. Um, you had to figure out how to, to make the best of your relationships. You had to, you know, learn how to persist. You had to learn how to communicate. You had to learn how to follow up. Um, and as you got better at this process, then it was like, oh, well, you know what? I don't have to stand online for seven hours because I can talk to Dr. Adams. You know what I mean? I can talk to Mr. James. You then start to foster these relationships through people that are going through the same experience that you're going through, right? You, you know, 
come back to the to the dorm, you you tired, you frustrated, and you're like, damn, I just sat in my six hours. They lost the shit that I faxed yesterday. Um, that cost me you know, <laughs> you're right. You really you really upset, <laughs> and you know your weed head homeboy sitting sit, sit, sitting out front of the dorm smoking a joint. He like. Yo, you tripping, bro. You should have just talked to my man, Dr. So. As a matter of fact, tomorrow, man, I got you. And you're like, oh, word. Well, good looking. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, that's so much of what corporate America is today, where, like, people complain about nepotism. People complain about favoritism and all that and all those other types of isms if you're excluded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and what, you know, Morgan State taught me was to take care of your relationships, um, you know, learn how to network, right? You, you know, you know, Morgan taught me that what you, that who, you know, is more important than what, you know, you know what? I, I, I don't think I came into that realization until much later. And, and that's sad that I didn't take that away then. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think collectively my experience there, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. As a matter of fact, I need my Morgan State relationships just as much as I need, like the interpersonal relationships that I established while I was there. But I don't think I came across that, that unique set of circumstances that, man, fostering the relationships that you can so you don't have to work as hard didn't hit me until I was, you know, in the next realm of life or in the next phase of life of adulting um, where I actually went into not a corporate space, but I went into work uh, and started working full time. I think that's when it, the light bulb clicked for me, but things didn't seem as hard because I had endured some of that hard alone, like you said, while I was away, right? It didn't seem as hard to sit in a one hour line. I wasn't falling apart or melting down because I had to wait. I learned patience. I learned how to have certain conversations earlier. Um, and and I, I feel like I learned other things uh, that helped me along the way, but I don't think I the light bulb clicked for me for the relationship part. So check this out. Like we didn't even, we just started going down memory lane, but we didn't tell people what you do. Like where, like tell, tell, tell the listeners, if you could, what, who are you? What do you do? What was your, like, and before we even, yeah, let's just go there first. Who are you? What did, what do you do? Well, um, all right. So who, who I am, uh, I am Mitchell Brown. Um, so the what do you do question? You do a lot. I I hate that question. Only from right because with what I do requires a lot of networking. Um, so I go to a lot of these networking events that are basically like hookup spots, meat markets, and um, everybody's judged based off of what they do. So like when people usually ask what I do, I joke and say I'm a part-time stripper and I do hair, just to kind of get a rise out of people. Um, but uh, I'll say I am a financial professional. I, I, you know, coach people on how to make and save money. Um, that's what I do to pay the mortgage. Um, I host a podcast. Um, I am a, a silent partner, <laughs> um, a venture capitalist. And uh, um, I'm, I'm thinking about 
diving into e-commerce. Okay. I mean, I know, I, it, and that's so much, right? You know, they always say that, you know, you're, you're, uh, rather they're wealthy or like people who make moves, they don't always look how you see it on TV, like package. Like, I, I mean, I would just consider you like, well, to me, you're Mitch, we have a personal relationship, but uh, to the average Jane or John Doe, they may be like, oh, why would I, you know, why would I talk to you? And you're like, don't, don't underestimate me. I actually make bigger moves than you would ever think. So, I mean, it's sort of interesting how you sort of came into this space because talk to, and our listeners don't know you, like I know you, but talk to them about like, what, what was your first job? Like what, what, what did you do before you even got into the space of what you do now? <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> yeah. well, because... All right. So my first job, uh, I worked at McDonald's. Um, I was maybe 14 years old okay. and uh, I would ride my bike to McDonald's and I would ride my bike in the snow and it's cold early in the morning um, because I wanted some Fubu jeans. Because like I was trying to get my mom to buy me these $90 jeans. So I'm like, nah, I want these Fubu joints. She was like, well, you better get a job and get your own jeans. I, I, I'm gonna just run through my whole employment history. I worked at McDonald's. I worked at, um, I was the mouse at Chuck E. Cheese. I worked as a telemarketer, those people that cold call you most fun job I've ever had. Um, I worked as a gas station attendant because in Jersey, you can't pump your own gas. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So so, so I, I was the guy that would come pump your gas. Um, that was like, high school. Please, black man, don't kill me. No, 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 no. It was like, like in <laughs> Jersey, you don't, you, it could be the most sketchy looking, crazy looking in, in, at any time of night and you know it, like, they, it ain't no problem. Like, all right, homie, yeah, man, let me get 20 regular on. You know what I'm saying? And that and that be that. It'll be, it, it, that's it. Oh, my um, gosh. I remember when somebody pumped my gas once and I first started driving. I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. we self-pump. <laughs> it's illegal in Jersey to pump your own gas. Like, that's right. it's like it, It's like against the law. Um, right. So, let's see, in college... I was a waiter. I was a bartender. I was a bouncer. That's pretty much it, honestly. I feel like I knew the bouncer part. I feel like I didn't know the waiter bartender. When I got out of school, we got out of 2008. Bad time to look for a job. I had a couple jobs after college. I was I was the assistant to the tax director at Princeton University for a while, and then I started working at Best Buy shortly after that. Hated Best Buy. Hated retail. Um, nice lady. Found my resume, um, asked me if I'd be interested in uh, taking a look at a possible career in finance. I was down for anything. She said, hey, you want to fucking shovel sheep shit? I'd yes, get me out of Best Buy. She liked me. I liked her. And I've been in working in personal finance almost 11 years. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, again unique set of circumstances and it just took one person to find you and just go yo i see the vision would you be interested and you were willing and there you go and without that you wouldn't have been able to pay it forward for so many people who you've been able to pay it forward with um so we take a look at like all the things that you've done uh and, and including thank you for sharing all the things that you've done and including where you've been now and and you know like 
midweek muscle like part of the reason why this thing was even created was for people who are going through a tough spot like there's going to be a, there's a lot of people right now that are furloughed that means we ain't gonna have no job anymore there's a lot of people out there that wanted to start a business and didn't know where to start there's a lot of people out there who maybe they're seeing this this time as a sign uh from uh, uh, a, a bigger power that's saying consider other things. I mean, I think that's sort of where I ended up a couple years ago. And you know this, like working in a corporate space and making buku money and doing buku things and then turning around and stuff just crashes down on you. And what what does that mean now for a lot of people? Like wh- what is the best thing that you can give people who are either fresh out of college looking for a job getting ready to graduate and don't know how they're going to graduate looking for a job. People who have been turned down and they don't know where to go or where to start, you know, you have that wisdom to help sort of guide that light. So I'll say people, um, if you're blessed with youth, um, and this is going to sound extremely cliche, but there is no wrong answer uh, because you have time. You have time to fix it. You have time to, you know, repair it. Uh, people in our generation, group leaders, we usually change jobs every four to six years. Like the days of the working 20, 30 years for a company, retire with a gold watch, that's, those are dead, dead. Um, and they're never coming back. Um, so if you're a younger person, like I'm, you know, 35 years old, almost 36. If, if you're younger than 30, you should be as open-minded to everything. Um, you should just be trying to soak up as much everything. Um, because everything is based off of your relationships as you get more advanced in age. If you're, if you're older than me, depending on how close you are to retirement, and this is the professional, this is the financial guy coming up, depending on how close you are to retirement, you you may feel like you don't have enough time to make risks or to take risks, rather. And I'll say that that's not true, right? We, we see cases where they put up these memes about like, you know, like J.K. Rowling wrote her first book at 51 or whatever. And, and, and that, that's an extreme case for sure. But as the way speed goes today, with the fact, with the technology that we have, it is, it is not that difficult to do something via the internet to make you a thousand dollars a month, just an extra thousand dollars a month. I'm not talking about you know Mark Mark Zuckerberg money, but start with something that you can do that you won't have to trade time for dollars a thousand dollars a month at any age if you if you can make a thousand bucks you can scale that out to make two thousand four thousand eight thousand sixteen thousand so on and so forth we're at a time now in our society where so many people are driven by fear and Fear is, you know, if you believe it, if you allow it to be. Um, I've been blessed to have certain people in my life, certain mentors in my life um, that were able to coach me on different techniques on how to handle this fear. Um, you know, I was, I was 
like fortunate enough to be told that uh, if you attack the things you fear the most, then death is fear is certain. Reconditioning your mind to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, like Zora Neale Hurston said, life begins where your comfort zone ends. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we're just so conditioned to chase comfort. Yeah. That's a you human behavior. I mean? It's natural. Oh, man. It's, 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 we can't shake it. And one thing that this quarantine is showing us is that um, it's like the great like equalizer. Everybody, you know, we see we see everybody, you know, like for a while, people were hiding behind these false veneers. And and this was even a conversation, you, you know, that you and I had when, when you were confiding in me some of the things that you were kind of struggling with and some of the things that you wanted to do, some of your goals. And uh, you were like, yeah, because on social media, everybody, and I'm like, you know, group leader, Instagram's a liar. <laughs> You know what I mean? Instagram is a liar. I'm not going on these trips. I'm not going on vacation. And it's crazy that you thought that you were doing things wrong because like like now, when you look at your position now, Mm -hmm. right, you are so far ahead of your competition, you you know, without telling too much of your business, you know, like you're the leader of your family. Um, And that's a major accomplishment. Yeah. Because most of these, let, let, let me tell you, as a, as, a, as a young man, I don't have any children. I've never been married. Um, so I know how fake. Get your numbers these, ready. Get your phones these ready. Hot, these hot <laughs> people are on these social media. I know, like, I, I know that certain people find more value in other commodities than others. You yeah. picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know. You know, so, and the crazy so, thing is, it's like I would, you know, I could talk to a group of friends and we're all speculating, but you're in personal finance, so you know these stories. And it's mm-hmm. scary. Like early on in my career group leader, I was I was like insecure because uh I was talking to people about personal finance and my shit wasn't right. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So sure. so like it's hard for me to try to t- sell you on this plan, talk to you about this package, this wonderful investment that's gonna yield you such amazing growth into your account. Mm-hmm. I'm a month behind on my rent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, uh, sure. I got uh, shut off notices from my power company. My my like car insurance is lapsed. My car got repossessed. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So right. so like like you know th- these are the kind of uh, the kind of struggles that you know the kind of challenges that this kind of build character and it's something that everybody goes through so you just kind of just brush it off like eh, whatever at least have something you're working towards have a plan that you're going after you spoke earlier briefly about like a higher power i find it funny how you know people pray to god mm-hmm. right and if you truly believe that god loves you you should not have you should not lack confidence you should not uh, I mean, yeah, you can be afraid, but but you should have the courage to attack, to at least try, make the attempt. Um, and there are so many people that just get paralyzed by and, and like they say, like, oh, I'm just going to wait for God to take care of it. And it's like the story where the guy's uh, he's lost at sea. He's praying to God, praying and God sends him a guy in a boat and he says, no, 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 go ahead. God's going to save me. He sends him a yes. like, cruise ship and he's like, no, 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 go ahead. God's going to save me. He sends him the helicopter 
like, no, 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 God's going to save me. So then the guy dies, he goes to heaven, and he's like, God, what, what happened? I thought you were going to save me. And I was like, dude, I gave you the boat. I gave you the cruise ship. I gave you the helicopter. I sent you three You're, people. Yo, you, was, you, you were just too lazy to get off your ass and swim to your own boat. People pray for cake. And then God gives you flour and eggs and sugar and, and, and a mixer and a damn oven. And you type, oh, no, it's too hot in this kitchen. I don't want no cake. Or, or I don't know what to do with all these things. So I guess I'm not yeah. getting cake because it doesn't look like cake. I like that. I like that analogy because it's, it's true. It's like, um, I think I found myself talking to a, a group of people because, you know, I speak for a living um, and I speak to audiences, young. This is a major accomplishment. Oh, well, you know, I, I think I got to be good at something, you know, like, uh, I said, you know, God didn't package us with these intelligent minds or, or, or give us the capacity to learn how to do or teach others or help. And, and we're not empowered to use them. Um, it's like the tools have been sent to us. We have, we have a grand number of tools. We have, you know, we have scripture, we have, we have, uh, people that, that spend their lives studying in different aspects of the word. We have, we have mentors, we have, uh, experts in different fields, but yet when we need help, we, we kind of isolate in. And I think people get scared of using gifts or they get scared on how to ask for how to sharpen up. And you, you've got to be tired tired of being tired sometimes. Uh, good people, I, I, I spoke about this last week on the episode or two weeks ago on the episode about you need you need experience, you need information, and you need collaboration or a plan. And he's the one that gave that to me. Uh, I think Mr. Rogers said it, I said it last week as well, is that when things go terrible, always look for the helpers. The helpers are out there. Um, and, and the helpers don't always look like how you want them to look. They're not always packaged the way that you want them to be packaged, but they're out there. Um, and, and, and that my friend is you, like you're one of the helpers. People are going to be in some financial disasters once this thing is said and done. And it, it had nothing to do with their own there's nothing they could have done to circumvent this, right? But your habits are sadly a gross reflection of your reality. Um, and so who are the helpers that can help us shift some habits that may have landed us in financial disparity? What are some of the habits? I talk about this, this quarantine being a, you know, an equalizer almost. Jeez. The habits are so important because whatever vices habits that you've had have been accelerated with this lockdown wow. you know what i'm saying um so whatever your vices if you like to smoke if you like to drink if you like to look at you know, porn whatever that is you're doing more of it we all bullshit ourselves and buy our own brand you got to be real enough with yourself to, to 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 have a by yourself meeting and say am i being busy or am i being productive am i better than i was yesterday measure it track it People have games on their phone. I give myself 90 minutes of games. Once I'm done playing Candy Crush and all that other bullshit, I'm done. Right? I give myself three hours. I got 21 more hours to do something productive. I can I can read. I can do some push-ups. I could I could you know call my grandmother. Call me. You know what I'm saying? You know you care. Right? Right? You know something. So when you say how do you improve your habits, you. You see the value of yourself. Um, 
and I'm numbers guy and I became a numbers guy because when I was young I was you know mischievous I used to get my ass with a lot my mom would put me in punishment and I, I would only have a pen and a pad and I just used to just multiply large numbers in That's my so boredom you know so what I'm saying funny. like you know like 39 times 39 times and I would just and I would eventually be able to do these equations in my head, just cause me a whole bunch of trouble in school, but that's not here nor there. Anywho, I was taught one time that you have a greater chance of winning the lottery than you do being born. Wow. So we're born winners. Now I want to, like, there is no, I'm not tall enough. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not thin enough. I'm not heavy enough. I'm not whatever enough. My man, you made it, yo. Right. You're good you know enough. what I mean? I would be disrespecting myself, my family, if I didn't at least try. I feel like, um, uh, you know, when you said we were born winners, it just made me feel like, oh my gosh, it's like my, that's my love language, you know? Like, I, I, I think that it, I have so many thoughts around it, uh, but I, I ultimately think that uh, human behavior, it is it is almost easier to think of what you're not than to think of what you really are. Um, and I mean, I know that I sit in front of you talking to someone who's seen a lot and been through even more, you know, to say that it has so much more weight than to say that you just came with a platter in front of you. Like it just really does. Um, and it makes me want to try harder or it makes me want to get up and go do um, because uh, it sounds cheesy and it sounds corny. And, and, you know, you may have heard it in one way, shape or the other, but it's like tough times will be there. Tough times. You can't, you can't live a life without tough times, but uh, tough times don't last. Tough people do, and that and that sort of thing. And it's truly like the markings of a man or the markings of a woman is really in their capacity to be able to endure those tough things. Winners to me and successful people to me are people that have broken through those elements of fear, broken through those 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 strongholds that you know that creep up in you in the middle of the night, like doubt, like whatever your vices are, like the things that scare you the most or like any of those things. And, I, and again, I said in front of you as a person that knows that you've seen things, you've been through things, you've seen even more. Um, and, and so to hear you say that is just, it really like, again, you're a black man <laughs> growing up in America is not a pretty picture for you at all. Just like, you know, for me, it it has its struggles. Um, and so for us to be able to interface on an intellectual capacity in a space that says I'm thriving and not just in survival mode. And, and you know, also being able to... Um, be there to support and bring other people with you. Yeah, I desire I that, that more than anything. Man. I think that that's a true measure of how successful somebody is. How many other people did you help succeed? You know what I mean. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be the guy where like, oh, Mitch got it. I want us to have it. 
said earlier how um people skew kind of negative when they look at themselves or whatever. There was a point in time when I was like struggling. You know, we all go through those oh, yeah. periods, right? And We're um not exempt here. You know what I mean? And I what kind of got me through it was I just had to look at everything from the the most bottom level because when you're already on the floor, it ain't that far of a fall. You know, I love when somebody gives good sound advice. Uh, and so, you know, what is some sound advice that you feel like if you could have told a younger Mitch, what would that advice Man. have been? And it could be for any realm of life, right? Professional okay. relationship. Okay. Um it could be for just, you know, growing up in your own skin, even. What would that, you know, advice be? Okay, so. Um, for growing up in your own skin, so just kind of getting over your, um, uh, like your insecurities, right? So I have a stutter. When I was younger, I, I stuttered a lot worse than I stutter now. Um, and that was kind of, I mean, not really prevent me from being outgoing. I was outgoing, but just kind of prevent me from being taken seriously. It was easy for me to be the jovial clown, the rap scallion. That was easy, you know, but for being taken seriously because of the speech impediment. Um, and I would have told a 15-year-old Mitch, Everybody's insecure about something. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do it anyhow. Yeah. No, no, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody. Everybody's trying their best to make it look like they are on point. Mm -hmm. None of us are. Yeah. We're all, everyone's struggling with something. Um, so just, you know, don't be an asshole, but just do your thing. Yeah. Um, in terms of relationships, I still haven't gotten a relationship thing right. I am terrible at that relationship. I was just making that joke this morning. I was like, yeah, I'm I guess. <laughs> um, and and you know what? It's because I'm selfish. Touché. I am selfish. I I am selfish. Um, I used to think that all my ex girlfriends were liars when they said that. Some of them are liars, but some of them were telling the truth. Yeah. Um. So just telling a younger Mitch to make an attempt at seeing things from somebody else's perspective, you know, and that's, that's pretty much it. I've, I've been blessed to all of the bad decisions that I've made. I've been able to walk away from. Is that, is that because you were selfish? Ooh. <laughs> That could be. That could be. Well, well, I mean, I mean, okay. So, so I live in that. That that could be. It could be because I was up. I mean, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Save my ass. I'm telling you, boy. What? You have no idea. But um, I'm extremely fortunate, and I tell I tell that to myself every day. And uh, the, it's, it's in those moments of gratitude where you recognize like, hey, man, gratitude for where you are right now. It helps you be present. I guess that's what I'm saying. It helps you to recognize where you are right now. It's tough. It's a balance, right? Um, and I think so many of us still struggle with that. Yeah, especially when we're not 
we still have runway. And, well, and sometimes, you know, we, we try to relive it. Yeah. Bit. See, I'm done. I'm past that. Like, I think, I think I'm, it's okay. like, nah, like, yeah. I'm, I, if it ain't happened, it's not going to, and I'm not going to relive it. Like, oh my gosh, there's this Facebook um, thing that popped up. I know, you, I don't think you're on Facebook. You're not on it like that. But there's this Facebook group that came back up, like, Morgan from 2003 to 2008. And I'm like, I'm only on here to see like what some of the positive things that come out of here. But some of the other stuff, I'm not about to entertain y'all little Joe Blows. Y'all out here with full on families talking about some, if you could do things over again, who would you do it with? Tag them here. Like, no, don't get me caught up. No. But see, but see, that's, that's like quarantine boredom. Yes. That's foolishness. It, it, oh, for, for sure, for, for, for sure it is. But you know, the, hey, listen, people, people have nothing better to do. I just don't see where uh, all the time. Like, I feel like I have not enough time. I don't see where people are getting all the time. Well, again, are you busy? Or are you productive? I get it. Hello, hello. You are you are producing uh, all the time. Other people are just busy. Do you ever get tired of like producing? At well, one point it's in time, different. you were like coaching, you were mentoring, you were financing, you're yep, yep, yep. And and I'm 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 no longer coaching. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not as involved, and it's 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 bad. It shouldn't sound bad, but I'm not as involved with the children as I was. Okay. No, there's um, nothing bad about that. But I mean, I mean, I mean, well, because you know. Okay, so I have a huge problem with people that complain about when they when like people say things like, "Oh man, these kids they so disrespectful. These kids they not <laughs> they doing this. Know. They the body here. These kids." <laughs> and then, and then you ask them like, "Okay, cool. So what are you doing for the kids?" And they start talking to vibes. Well, uh, 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 well, I mean, you know, I got my own kids. Like, yeah, well, then shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because because you, your kids hang out with the kids you don't like. You know what I'm saying? So. If I'm going to complain about the youth, I at least want to try to make a difference to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I stopped coaching because of the parents. You parents suck. Oh, I'm going to tell you right I, now, I you parents. Time or two. Like, parents, y'all need to step it up. You parents suck. I don't know if you parents know your kids play basketball, but your kids don't ever have a ride home. You, you, you parents suck. Don't come to the game and ask the coach why your kid ain't playing. Because listen, come to practice. I show your kid is your kid is off. That's why your kid ain't playing. You know what I'm saying, right? So listen, I I don't coach, but it, but it's also a different group leader. Like you know, I don't have any kids. It and 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 this quarantine has taught me not having children when you're not used to having kids at home is a blessing. I talked to so many people who, who, you know, they, they, their kids are like nine and 10. So their kids been out the house, like, you know what I mean? They know how to like years. And activities and stuff. And, and now, you know, you got up. help. You yeah, ask yourself, why little Nico eat so much? Why are they eating all the time? Asking for food. I just fed cooked. you. I, listen, I in the kitchen, the whole, get what, out of there. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop eating. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Uh, you know, right? I'm it's, like, it's my so kid's going to look at me different after this. So many, you you going to look at your kid different. There's so many things, people, you know, and I'm, listen, I just have to worry about 
Selfish. No, I'm just kidding. Selfish. Selfish. Like, that's actually a good thing. Just being Selfish. worried about yourself is a good thing. Listen, and and space is a luxury. It is. Right? I mean, you know, there's so many people that thought that, that this quarantine thing was going to be fun. You thought you were going to be, you know, partying with a bunch of women. Oh, that was me. I thought I was going to have time to catch up. I'm further behind than if life were just going. Yeah. And again, people. People listening to this, don't believe those jackasses on Twitter talking about, you know, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm learning Taekwondo and I'm doing this and I'm running. And like, don't like it's like people, these Twitter gurus that say, you you know, you're supposed to come out of this knowing how to speak Mandarin or whatever. I meant to. Can we talk about it really quick? Because I meant to say something on about that on on an episode. I was going to say, like. The thing that is bothering me the most are people that are on social media saying, if you don't learn a new skill or a new hobby or a new trade by the end of this quarantine, it was never time you lacked. It was discipline. Get out of here with that. You're right. Don't believe the Twitter gurus or the fake philosophers. Fake. Like, that is not real life. Listen Nobody knows anybody's struggle. No. You know what I'm saying? Nobody nobody knows anybody's struggle. So to say what somebody should or shouldn't do with the same time that's allotted, like, you know, I'll I'll say for someone like myself that has no major responsibility other than oneself. It's easy to, to say that about someone in my position in life. You know what I mean? But if you're if you got kids and a husband and a wife and a whatever, and you take care of your parents, because now a, a, a lot of people, it's their first time seeing what it's going to be like to have to babysit your parents, your old ass, irresponsible, non-listening, insubordinate parents. Teen elders, hashtag teen elders. <laughs> Yo, you know, you're going to know what it's like. You know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of people that got stubborn ass non-listening teenage children, and stubborn ass non-listening teenage parents. And you try to just figure out when the next time you're gonna be able to, you know, go get a shape up. I want three hours to myself. On my own TV, so I can watch my own stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's so you know how how you gonna tell these? They did come up with a new skill, how to, you know, manage their parents. And I, I, I'm an only child group leader. I don't know if you have any siblings. Uh, well, uh, yes, uh, but I, too, am now the only child, if you get, oh. if you catch my drift, right? So. Okay. So it's just me. Sure. Now it's me, and I got to keep both of these niggas in line. Stop touching your face. Listen, if you want to die, that's your own thing. I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to like a, a team. My pop lives in Brooklyn. So even prior to us getting locked down, um, my pop's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm stopping on the work. And I'm like, yeah, nigga, stop going to work. Should have been stopped going to work. <laughs> Right. And, and, you know, my pops is the last of the Mohicans. Like, my pops is the last of the generation that is, like, he's been at his job for 39 years. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He has a pension. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, so he, 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 that's it. So whenever we talk about, he talks about the good old days. I'm like, Pops and days are dead. They're dead. Dead is your Friday. It's over. Um, so he got 19 months or whatever vacation time. I'm like, Pops, never go back to work. Never go back. Mm-hmm. Chill for the, you know what I'm saying, for your 19 months or whatever. When your 19 months is over, retire. He's like, yeah, but I got to go back to get, get my <laughs> pop. Leave that shit. <laughs> leave that shit. I, I got to go back to get, I got some, I got some tapes at work I want to listen to. I think my pop. dad retired with some like astronomical amount of like, I actually, my mom still works part-time jobs and I think she needs, you know. Uh, it just helps with her mental capacity, just staying sharp and, you know, um, but right before this stuff was popping off, I said, Hey, I got, I called my mom up on the phone because there were, I would go weeks without seeing my parents, but I would call them every day. I'd say, Hey, you, uh, you may need to tell your job you're in a high risk category and this may not be the best time for you to go to work. And I kid you not. She was like, Oh, well, um, or like, you know, it's something along those lines. And I'm like, die or 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 tell your job you're in a high risk category and you don't you don't want to be at risk so you you're willing to risk dying and then of course a, a week later the jobs got shut down and she's like oh well, i guess what you were saying was right and he's talking about actual tapes like cassettes and i'm like how, how, what did you listen to a cassette on <laughs> what devices out there that still allows you to listen to them and he's like he's he's like yeah I will I got a Walkman at at work I'm like a Walkman I'm like pop you still work I listen I I'm not going to his job I don't I'm like yo give me your phone and I put whatever you want I'll on your phone whatever, I will pay it'll be <laughs> whatever you want remastered. let me know <laughs> Come on, man. so yeah it's it's you know it, it these are the you know, so like you, you have to be careful because, you know, I joke about people who have children, you know what I mean? But, you know, I got fucking 60 year old children. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is an interesting take on what we're going through. All right. So you got to tell uh, our listeners how and where they can find you if they want more of the goodness from what you give and okay. like talk a little bit about your podcast and what you do and the name of it, how okay. they can find okay. you, like all those things. This is supposed to be a plug for you to, you know, gain exposure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so, um, the hood loves me podcast is my podcast. Um, the, I created the Hood Lucky Podcast as a way to, I guess, express my thoughts, almost like a, you know, like, like I express my views, my opinion. Um, and it ranges the spectrum. You go from politics to sports to, yeah. to current events to yep. Whatever. just like these mindful moments that we just had through sprinkled yeah. throughout this episode. Like this, this I, it's everything. I try to allow people into the mind of a black man in these movies. <laughs> this thing, right. I like I roll around on the floor like cracking up sometimes. 
because I get the references. It's so real that Word. I'm like, I can see this happening, especially with you and, you know, whatever scenario you're painting out, like real topics. And you don't yeah. spare ears, your equal opportunity. Like you're just in it yeah. for what it is. And I love that. And and that's another blessing, uh, being being in control of um, your income stream, yeah. right? Like like you know, yeah. I, I I can't really talk about anything in depth at all publicly about finance. To go back to you know these like Twitter gurus, um, if somebody's on their Instagram live telling you that you should cash out your 401k and use it to buy stock in Delta because you know it's going to come back up or whatever. Um, they're not a financial professional. They're not a licensed financial professional. That's a test question on your exam. Um, you know, you cannot be on social media doing that stuff. Because if I, if if I'm on Instagram Live telling somebody to do that, and they go do that, and I tell you to go do that, and you you know you cash out your 401k and you buy like Delta stock and it crashes and you lose all your money, you can sue me because I'm a licensed professional who's supposed to do that. So. On the podcast, sometimes you might hear me reference a young woman by the name of Rachel. Rachel, um, and I'm going to shout out Rachel because Rachel is a very nice woman, and 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 people assume that I'm making fun of Rachel. I am not making fun of Rachel. I appreciate Rachel. Rachel is uh, in the compliance department at my company, and um, she follows me on social media. She listens to the podcast. Um, she may listen to this, so you might have any listener. Shout out to Rachel. Um, <laughs> and she just makes sure that I don't do anything that's going to cause me to get fined. And I appreciate Rachel protecting me from me. I am I do not make the best decisions all the time. If I if, if there is a, a, a wonderful woman like Rachel who wants to just Hey, don't do that. Get back in line. You know what I'm saying? No, like, thank you, Rachel. <laughs> we all I, need that Rachel. Like, I, we all need that little here. Rachel here to be like, yo, yo, yo. You know you're not supposed to be doing that. You see what I'm saying? So I talk about everything else on the podcast because she's she's like, yeah, you can talk about anything except. But yeah, um, Mitchell Brown. Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L. I spell my name with one L. Brown, just like the color, with an underscore after the brown. Uh, that's those are my socials on Instagram, on on Twitter. I'm not too active, not as active as I should be, um, because I it's, it's social media lot. is so fake. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's but a lot. Um, I say it all I, the time for my socials. I need to improve on it because I, I'm in business. You know what I mean? Um, so you know, all of the success that I've amassed, which, you know, I mean, we all feel like our, our accomplishments, our, our success is minuscule compared to what we want, right, what our vision is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the limited amount of success that I've been able to achieve has been through my relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people like, and like, that's why I titled the podcast for her love, me. not just in terms of what I've done in my financial career, but, um, you know, because I was cool with these women, these girls at the time, uh, 22 years ago, um, who would have known that I would be on a podcast with you? Oh, stop. That y'all grew up together. Like, I met the twins 22 years ago. That's just crazy. You know crazy. what I'm saying? And, you know, that's how long we've been cool. 
and I went to high school with them. They're going to college with you. And it's like, oh, how you know? And I'm like, how you know? How you know? How you know? How you up here visiting my friends in Jersey? And and I just walk up in their mom's house. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what yeah. up? Like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, what up, though? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, you know, it's been it's been things like that. That's why I call it the hood love me. Um, I I am blessed to you know have been able to, to travel freely and make relationships with people all over the globe. Um, it's it's uh, it's a it's a wonder it's an incredible thing. The the little common things that link us is so insane. Fun. Well, that that. That's a good indicator. And we talk about him on the Hood Lovely podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a good indicator that you're living, that you have those stories. But yes, he's he very much talks about a lot of his stories on the on the Hood Loves Me podcast. I've shouted it out on social media a couple times. So uh, you guys can find him there. Uh, I'll make sure that I put a link to his socials in my bio. So that way you guys can look him up there. Any other last comments, thoughts, words, anything? Um, no. <laughs> you know, thank you for um, the, for, for the opportunity to, to be, be on your podcast. Hopefully, um, I was able to provide your listenership uh, with uh, great content. Um, but uh, I, I am, I am very proud of you, group leader. Um, I, I always felt like you were, um, you just had like a certain kind of like aura, a certain kind of energy that was that was always positive. Mm. And um, you know, I, I, I was glad that I was able to attract the kind of energy that you give off. Oh. I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. I am fortunate that uh, even someone like you would be willing to open the lens to be exposed to someone like me. Uh, oh, no, listen. You're a vibe. <laughs> I'm blushing. Uh, but I, listen, I, I, I just don't have any words because I think, again, all I aim to do is impact lives the best way I can. I, I do believe in leaving people better than when you walked in to be introduced. I may not have known that at the time when I met you, but I definitely believe in that now. And I just, I'm, 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 I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you have uh, been able to just be impactful to me in the way that I feel like maybe I've been impactful to you, but moreover, I am, I'm so grateful for your words. Like I can't do, I couldn't have began to amass some of the things that I've stepped into without people like you in my corner. So you're in my pocket always, like always. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, Mm. so all right good people thank you you guys just felt a moment uh, i hope you felt that through the the airways there <laughs> but um he is my dear friend mitchell brown thank you for being on the show you always have a home here and i just i admire you for your realness and i hope that one day i can begin to unveil myself in that way too but you know strengths in different places you 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 tap on the strength of other people that you don't have so <laughs> 
<laughs> thank you for coming on. You always have a home here. Call, pop in anytime. Uh, and uh, we'll be in touch for financial things on the back end, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank, absolutely. Yes, yes. thank you so much. And uh, let's go. Man, I used to want a condo.